0: And get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Hi, I'm Mark Groves. I'm a human connection specialist and founder of Create the Love. At an early point in my life, I became obsessed with understanding relationships, the intricacies of how people connect. And through this exploration, I have created a life and a business dedicated to learning out loud and exploring how we interact with each other and the world. This podcast brings the world's top thought leaders, spiritual luminaries, physicians, scientists, researchers, best selling authors, and health and wellness experts under one roof to discuss the good, the bad, the messy, and of course, the beautiful parts of the human experience. Welcome to the Mark Groves Podcast. I can't wait to dive in with you. Welcome to another episode of the Mark Groves Podcast, Joe Sheehy. Welcome, my friend.
1: Thank you for having me, brother. It's an honor to be here.
0: So happy to have you on here. You know, when I think about... Uh, our mutual connection, and for you guys listening, you if you haven't heard my episode with Traver Boehm, it's a good one to go back to. But our mutual uh, friend Traver was like, you got to interview my buddy. I'm like, I got to interview his buddy. Anyone he recommends, I'm like, all right, I'm in, all in. I I love Traver.
1: I, I appreciate the connection, and he's been a huge <laughs> impact on my life. So,
0: uh, He's such an awesome dude. And whenever I can figure out why someone goes from aerospace engineer to holistic supplement guru master, I'm like, there's a connection there that I need to know about because you left NASA and orchestrated actually, because before I even interviewed you, I had your drink, the cured nutrition, spicy mango, which I love. And I was like, I got to, I got to talk to this guy. This wasn't even product placement, by the way, everyone. I was genuinely drinking one of these because I do all the time before we got, you got hooked really quick. <laughs> Seriously, as soon as I got him, I'm like, please send more now. Send soon. Need to survive. Yeah, I was like, how many
1: can we send at once? We sent as many <laughs> as we possibly could to Nevada. And I think they, you ended up finding them, right?
0: Yeah, I did get them. So I ended up with a double dose. It was perfect. The whole UPS truck was like, we have a delivery for Mr. Groves. Um, (laughs) So yeah, maybe you could tell us a bit of like, what is that origin story? And what were you doing in aerospace? Because I think for, you know, people listening, that journey of finding your passion is such an important one of listening to the calls and, and following where pain leads us. I think it's such an important thing. And you don't know where it's going to bring you until it brings you somewhere. And then you're like, Oh, that's why I've been going through all these things. So, so please. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, what led me to aerospace was
1: growing up. My father was an airline pilot. And so we traveled all the time. We got to do the space available. You'd sit in the, in the terminal. And if there was space available on a flight, you would get on the flight and we would go wherever we could go. So we, We traveled a lot when I was younger and I was really interested in becoming a pilot, but in third grade and I was more, I was more so interested in going into the air force and flying the fighter jets. My dad flew for United airlines in third grade. I was taking a visual test and it's the funny thing is my mom was actually the nurse at the school taking the visual test and I was taking the visual test and she goes, Joe, like quit messing around. I was like, mom I actually like I can't read those letters and so recognized in third grade that I had terrible eyesight I had to get glasses and like this like dream of becoming like the fighter pilot it was so it was squashed it was squashed so early and I growing up was somebody that was really good at math and science and so I said if I couldn't fly the planes I'm going to figure out how to build the planes and that's what really led me into into cool. engineering and then and then into aerospace. And I truly thought that that was, I thought that, I thought that I could tangibly feel like a strong impact in the world and what I would hope to say fulfillment by going into aerospace and, and building things that while I was there at Lockheed Martin working on NASA projects, I were designed to go to Mars, designed to go to Jupiter uh, orbiting the moon. I was working on, yeah, I was working on the next, uh, it was called Orion. It was the next, uh, human space, uh, vehicle, which SpaceX has completely squashed the, (laughs) the NASA pursuit. But, uh, it, you know, I could say those things and, and anybody that I would talk to would say, wow, that's so cool. That's amazing. That's incredible that you get to do that. When you work at a big corporation like that, the mission is a very big mission right we're talking about yeah. interplanetary space we're talking about hundreds of people if not thousands of people contributing to a project so in the grandiose image it it sounds really cool but i was yeah. i think for a lot of people you become like the widget person you go to the you go to the corporation and you sit in the cubicle and you have the walls and you work on the widget like the one small piece of those massive projects. And so it was an amazing time experiencing what I did there in aerospace engineering and and at NASA and and getting to truly see like what goes into interplanetary space missions that cost hundreds of millions of dollars and I was a 23-year-old kid responsible That's for nuts stupid amounts of things and what many people didn't know was at the same time right out of college and and into that career was I was struggling deeply with depression and a lot of it was supported by or cohesive with a lot of drug use. And in my last two years of college, I found myself in such a dark place. I I always tell the story as the people that I surrounded myself with were great people. The decisions that I made as I surrounded myself with those people were not great decisions, and mm. the decisions became so poor that I actually found myself on the edge of a bridge. I'd climbed over the guardrail of a bridge. It was 2:30 a.m on a Tuesday morning in April 2012, and I came out of a blackout on the other edge of a, on the other side of a guardrail on a bridge, toes hanging over the bridge, ready That's to what jump you off. Do? ready to, yeah, I came out of a blackout standing on the edge of a bridge and it was 2 30 AM on a Tuesday morning. And I was saved by who I call my angel. I don't know what this, what this man was doing underneath the bridge on a Tuesday morning, um,
0: you know, in a college
1: town, in a college town, like anything kind of happens, but there was somebody below the bridge and, and he said, don't do it. I I came to, I looked around, I heard him say, don't do it. And he just said, can, can I come up there? Can I, can I help you over the railing? And I just broke into tears and I said, yeah, like you can, he pulled me over. And the next day I woke up in the hospital with doctors standing over me and my parents were there and the doctors say, you know, we're going to run some tests. Is there anything that we're going to find in your system? And A better question probably would have been like what are you not going to find because i every (laughs) every party drug under the sun and in combination with alcohol and anti-anxiety medications i was taking at the time were all in my system and i had just i had come to this head where i as my as i shared with the doctor what you were going to find in my system. And my parents were standing over me. Mm -hmm. I saw the life just crumble out of my parents. And it was one, my parents saw that they almost lost their son, but their son had absolutely lost himself. They were like, you know, I I can't even imagine how helpless, I can't even imagine how helpless I just became a father this last year. And I can't imagine how helpless I would feel in that situation to see my son, my daughter going through that situation. And and it was a long road outside of that to become the person that I am today. But my parents pulled me out of Boulder, Colorado. I finished my fifth year, my second senior year of college, and I got the job at Lockheed Martin. I was actually interning at the exact same time while this was going on. And so... I could show up on a day-to-day basis at work and crush it and be the person that people could trust in to get the job done and and work really hard and on the flip side they had no idea what my life was like on a day-to-day basis through college and in a place where I was barely holding on to life and I think that that's so important for so many people to understand and for e- even me to look back and give myself grace on like You were you were doing something that was so hard, took so much work to to get the degree that you got and to get the job that you got, and you were also barely hanging on on the other you know the other side of the coin of of what was your life. And so, thankfully, I I didn't kill myself, but I struggled with depression for about two years afterwards. And during that time, I had completely changed my life. I I had removed or more so removed myself from all of my friend groups, I became extremely lonely. And I said, I've worked so hard for this degree that I have to be in this isolated situation to actually have this career and to become the person that I say I am and not the person that was showing up on a day-to-day basis in college. It was like, it was like this dissonance, you know, and Mm -hmm. Traver and I actually talk about this quite a bit. It's like, you know, there's the person that you say you are in your head or the person that like you truly want to be, or that, you know, you can be. And then there's the person that actually shows up on a day-to-day basis. And when those two aren't the same thing, I mean, this is really more or less the definition of integrity, but when those two aren't the same thing, there's this dissonance, like there's a gap and the gap between the two can cause a lot of anxiety because it's, you know, like, you feel somebody could poke a hole in my story any day. Like I'm not the person that I say I am. I'm not like this person that has it all together and actually like knows where he's going in life. Although he got the degree and got this amazing job and, but there was no like cohesiveness. There was a massive dissonance between the two. And I I recognized that that caused so much anxiety that led to substance abuse that led to depression that almost took my entire life. Um, and so that's I thankfully made it through that and made it into the aerospace career but at the same time I was still searching you know I I as I said I found myself in this cubicle and although the mission of the company and the projects that I was working on were so incredible I wasn't who I truly wanted to be I didn't feel like I had a tangible purpose I was like okay like I made it but like I still feel this like massive hole in me. I feel this massive gap because I did what I thought I was supposed to do, Mm -hmm. you know, from conditioning from my parents and, you know, you get the degree that has the ability to get you the job that has the benefits. And you do like, you do the thing you wake up and you do the thing. And I just recognized over several years that it was keeping me not from Truly exploring who I wanted to be in life and years into that career at uh, Lockheed Martin and working on those NASA projects, I recognized that this is this is not even though I you know pulled myself out of a very dark place and saved the trajectory quote unquote of my life i wasn't still wasn't who I wanted to be and so there was this aerospace engineer that existed but also this person that wanted to f- to create something in life that could allow people to truly feel what it's like to feel and operate at their best on a day-to-day basis. And that's where the birth of what is cured nutrition started. I was pursuing health and fitness on the side and competing in bodybuilding competitions and pursuing my engineering career. And so For about four years, I was very, very disciplined on those were the only things that I had. I had health and fitness and I wasn't going to be the person that I used to be. And then I had this engineering career and I was like, "I I think there's more here. And through the bodybuilding world, I started talking to more people about cannabis, which had been part of my life in college stacked with alcohol and ecstasy and cocaine and lsd and any other drug that you could imagine when it comes to partying in college and so after spending several years sober and really pursuing what i thought was was true health i recognized that i would have conversations outside of public domain say on a podcast or on social media With other people about cannabis and they say, yeah, I use it It actually like really helps me sleep. It helps me calm down. It helps me with my appetite. It helps me recover. But I don't, I don't talk about it publicly. I don't talk about it publicly Mm -hmm. because I'm afraid because what would people think about me? And I said, yeah, it's like, I understand. And I, working for a federally funded company at the time, also said, yeah, like, I don't talk about it either because actually I can't because I won't have a job anymore. And mm-hmm. so it all okay. came to this point where I was like, I want something more in life. I'm checking the, I'm clocking in and I'm clocking out on a day to day basis. And I, I thought I was going to be this, uh, I thought becoming the aerospace engineer was the thing that was going to bring me true fulfillment. But what I recognized, through my entire journey of nearly losing my life to becoming more of the person that I wanted to be over the next six years was it all was coming from the internal feeling of, do I truly love myself? And part of loving myself is how I feel and operate on a day-to-day basis. And I recognized that health and fitness and the things that we don't talk about when it comes to cannabis or our struggles or our depression, they all have this through line. There's a stigma. And if we could just break through this stigma and truly talk about things that haven't been talked about or people think that are afraid to talk about because people might think about you differently, that's where the true power is. And so that's really what ignited this whole mission. And I recognized that I could combine the, the cannabis world and the health and fitness world to help change the narrative. because people can look at health and fitness professionals and say, Hey, okay, well, they're committed to truly taking care of themselves and they may be cannabis users. So does that make you think differently about them or does that maybe make you think differently about cannabis and Mm, cured nutrition has now been around for, for five years in August, it'll be five years in August and the whole mission has been to change the narrative around cannabis to truly optimize individuals' lives through supplementation that is that feels more normal. Like you take these capsules for, for focus and you take these uh, liquids for calming and you take these uh, gummies for sleep. You take, actually, I shouldn't even say that because we haven't released our gummies yet, but you drink these drinks <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. yeah, so... So what I what I would say is, how can you utilize cannabis in a normal way through different types of supplementation to optimize different aspects of your life? And through that, can we change the narrative around something that I truly believe has so much power? And that's been our mission over the last five years. And I truly think it's just it's a narrative shift. If we talk about narrative and we talk about narrative in the way that it's we've experienced it in the last couple years, like everything in life is narrative. And our Mm -hmm. thoughts about cannabis are all narrative. And it started in the 1800s and 1900s. And so my mission is to truly be a part of changing that narrative to create a future that has a more open mind on these things that can truly support our life from a health and
0: wellness perspective. Well, even when you look at your transition in your own story, you know you go from choosing, which I think is so much most of our stories till it's not is like the desire to choose a a career or, or even a relationship often is how will I be perceived? Will I get less questions and more celebration? If I choose this, was I taught to choose this? Was I taught to choose this at all costs? You know, and even the intention behind the use of psychedelics or cannabis or drugs or alcohol when the intention is escapism, like anything, even, you know, fitness can be escapism and, you know, it's it, as soon as the intention is used for a tool to be expanding and to contribute to what are positive coping mechanisms, positive, uh, anchors during transition, you know, change. And I think of like moving to, fitness as a way of still trying to construct sort of the outside, you know,
1: don't Google me. (laughs) You'll see pictures and you'll recognize exactly why I didn't pursue that, that world anymore. But you're so
0: right. It was an image. Right. Well, and then, and then you can, you still discover. And I think we all do. It's kind of like, uh, you look at the highlight reel that Instagram can be in the celebration that we can have for, A way of being, which is just really an extension of how our society works ultimately, till it doesn't, till you have these groups of people that are like, hey, you actually enriched and in your passion and learning how to monetize that and how to be in what feels like, you know, I, I always think, like, wouldn't it be awesome to have a job where it doesn't feel like you're working, but you're getting paid? And there are people that being an aerospace engineer that's definitely true and there are a lot of people who are whatever job it is in the world that that's not true for and it is such a an interesting journey and a challenging one right like you spoke to how that gap between who you want to be and who you're being the greater that gap the greater the pain and the reason that i would say one of the number one sources of addiction is that and i think the cost that we often i'm curious your thoughts on this the cost that i perceived prior the fear i had was that me being fully this thing not only would it bring me great uncertainty uh because it it would create new ways of being new choices i'd have to let go of friendships relationships whatever it might be but i really was concerned that i wouldn't be loved as the full as fully authentically expressed myself and that fear still lives in when I hide words that I really want to say. And, you know, and I'm curious your experience of that.
1: 100%. I mean, I can recognize what I, what I wasn't mentioning in this entire journey was I did a lot of therapy after finding myself on that bridge. And the last two years before starting cured, were a true deep dive and recognition of what was really going on. And and through my engineering career, I mentioned my dad was an airline pilot. So most of my childhood, my dad was home for three days, home for four days, gone for five days, six days, whatever it was. Home, not home. Home, not home. And every time my dad came home as a young kid, I always was just trying to do anything I could to be recognized and make my dad proud. The lines were perfect in the lawn. the house was clean the Whatever it might be that my mom needed support with. I was the man of the house growing up, but you know five to ten years old, what does that really mean and and how does that become ingrained in somebody's head and what so I recognized was that. It's a lot to carry, and I recognize that that's exactly what was playing out in me. Yes, I was good at math. Yes, I was good at science. But did I want to be, really want to be an engineer? Did I just want to make my dad proud? Did I want to hear the words that my dad was proud of me? And it was a continuation. You know, I said, hey, I wanted to be the person that flew the planes. I've recognized that I wasn't going to be able to fly the planes, so I'll build them. Maybe that will make my dad proud and
0: was your dad disappointed when he found out that your vision was
1: no no he wasn't i more so since i was very young and what i didn't mention was five years old i saw my first space shuttle launch i had a little jacket that had the nasa patch on it so it was always like it was always part of my life like whether it was directly communicated i can't necessarily remember but it was like just like there you know it was like unspoken expectations that were ingrained in who i was and how i showed up and how i as you said how i tried to find love um when i had the idea of starting this company i had left nasa and moved to a smaller aerospace company in san diego california i was i took a a step backwards because what took me to San Diego was a relationship at the time where I took the first job I could possibly get. I said, okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to take this job. I'm going to go to San Diego. I landed in San Diego. And this was when the idea for this company had started on the side, but took a step backwards. I didn't leave NASA to go start the company. I left NASA to go work for another aerospace company. And I landed in San Diego and it was like this push pull of what I wanted to be, who I wanted to become and what I was actually doing on a day-to-day basis. And Mm -hmm. I, in that job had come from a big aerospace company to a smaller aerospace company. And for me, all I've known my entire life, and you can understand this in the story is the through line is I try to show up and, and prove myself. I try to show up Mm. and prove myself. And I have associated that with me being enough my entire life. And in the new position in San Diego, I believed that coming from a bigger company and going to a smaller company that I had seen some things at a bigger aerospace company that a smaller one that was starting an aerospace program might find a value. So I tried to come and, you know, contribute in meetings and say, I don't think we should do this. Maybe we should do that. And this is what we used to do here I would probably avoid that because we're a smaller company and we can move a little bit quicker. You name it. Just suggestions trying to bring value. My boss in the company, we really butt heads. And I don't know why to the full extent, but there was one day where he belittled me in front of a bunch of people and I was so damn embarrassed that I ended up moving my computer in this like co-working space over into the corner. Cause I was just like, I just like, I need to get this done. I have so much pressure on me. My boss just belittled me. I can't handle this right now. That day driving home, I recognized that I had started to feel the pieces of depression coming back over me. And having experienced that seven years beforehand, I was like, okay, like I can recognize what depression is. And I just remember slam, I was in so much traffic in San Diego on the 805, just like, Like, literally, stuck in every sense of the word, like physically, mentally, spiritually. I felt so stuck. And I just remember slamming my fist on the steering wheel, like, fuck, like, why am I feeling like this again? Why am I feeling like this again? Why am I, like, why? Just why? And I ended up going to see a therapist. And I only saw this therapist once. But I shared with him this idea that I had for building a company. And I also shared with him my life situation that I took the job and felt like I took some steps backwards and that I felt trapped. And I met with him for an hour and he he goes, Joe, like, I'm going to give you something and I don't necessarily think that you're going to be a client anymore but, but I I just need to give this to you. And, And he turns to his desk and he pulls out a card and he writes something on it and he hands it to me and I flip it over and I read it and it just says permission. And he goes, Joe, you're looking for permission from everybody out there. You just need to give permission to yourself. And I had explained to him this idea that I had for building a company. And I'd explained to him how frustrated I was and how trapped I had been and my experiences of the past. And like, this is what I can achieve. Like, this is who I am. Like, I know yeah. I can become something greater. And I was just crying in his office. He said, he, this, these were his little world, literal worlds." He said, I'm going to give this to you, but you need to give this to you. And I still have that exact... Business card sitting on my desk. It just says permission. And I was looking for it from everybody in the outside world, but I literally just had to give it to myself. I had that one session with him and he was right. I never saw him again. I quit my job that night. I put in my letter of resignation and I woke up the next day with no idea what I was doing, but (laughs) a a, a not trapped. Yeah, but not trapped and a thought and a desire and a, and a, just burning fire to help people in this world, because I had figured out how to help myself after being extremely depressed and going through you know waves over the years and learning and finding the fitness facade you i didn't even have to tell you and you nailed it, which is hilarious, but it was true I like was trying all these things to become fully myself to become and find what fulfillment and health really was and as I recognized the potential and power of cannabis and the conversations that were happening in private, I saw a connection between that and the health and fitness world. And I was stuck in a place that I didn't want to be. And all I needed to give was myself permission And I woke up that next day and mm. that was the first day of of Cured in September, 2017. And I've been on a mission ever since then. That's and so cool. It's so funny because... That card, I'll have to send you a picture of it. It's not on this desk, it's on my uh, desk at the office, but it still sits there. And he was so right. Like, so many of us are looking for permission from the outside world when truly it's just something that we have to give ourselves. Nobody else is going to give it to you.
0: Hey, Amen. Isn't that so fascinating how we do that? Like, the same external authority that makes us create a, f- a false self is the same external authority that we're looking for permission to become ourselves. Like it's such a mind fuck because it's the very people we are bending to please. We are now trying to get approval to go do something. And you're so right, because I think that's even that journey where we say like, I'm going to try to find myself. And it's like, you're already here. Like you're, where are you going to find it? And don't get me wrong. Like there are, I think little pieces of, what unlocked the puzzle of our authenticity of the tr- the traps that we've set and it's almost like the journey of life is to follow the breadcrumbs to maybe in some way recapture parts of yourself or reintegrate parts of yourself but it's really about letting go of who you think you have to be or letting d- even just discovering that you're you're taught to be someone in order to be loved and to gain belonging so there's obviously beautiful parts that we are taught to be like religion has really beautiful aspects of it, but it also has really toxic aspects in some constructs. And so it's like being able to just now discern which parts do I want? Which do I not? I think so much of, cause you know, I don't have the same story, but I have a similar sort of journey of leaving pharmaceutical sales and stepping into relational teaching and really like, it, same thing, seeking permission to be that, to do that, like trying to get the right credential, trying to get the whatever it is, and you know what a cool thing for that therapist to. I have a a therapist I saw once. So much when love for him. Going through my. Oh, I bet because that's that pivotal moment where someone reminds you that you're in charge, no one else is, and like that, someone who says you have the power, and like what a fucking like what and who knows how many karmic paths you and that guy have together <laughs> you know you probably handed him a card <laughs> right? in a previous life <laughs> um but i remember i went to a therapist the when i was trying to figure out if i should leave my engagement when i was 27 and i walked in i saw him and he was part of my like a in employee uh assistance program and so you know you kind of get that's exactly the person degenerate. that i saw same program yours was too yeah <laughs> Yep. Maybe the same fucking guy, just to, you know, he just moved cities to go save two people. Yeah. And he says to me, um, I'm asking him about, you know, should I stay or go, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he said to me, he just stopped me and he goes, Mark, listen, greater than 50% of marriages end in divorce. And I was like, wow, this guy's a real fucking motivational speaker. And then he's like, <laughs> So, you know, you're already got a 50 50, you're you know, you're above a 50 chance that it's not going to work. And I'm like, wow, this guy's really knocking it out of the park. And (laughs) then he says to me, you came into here expecting me to tell you what to do. And he said, you know, you know, and I remember that being a similar experience. That's why I was kind of laughing when you said, like, I saw him one time, and I'm like, fuck, I forgot that I saw that one therapist one time. <laughs> and I left and I ended my engagement because it was like the same sort of like, you have permission. Like, you came here trying to get it from me, but you're allowed to choose your life. Um, I'm curious through your experience of the fitness exploration, the aerospace, you're finding a similar pattern of potential depression. Again, you're like catching, I'd say, you know, maybe not the earliest signs, but the the earliest that you notice at that point. And how did cannabis, because it's clearly became really valuable for you as a tool, that you wanted other mm-hmm. people to experience it as a tool. So how was it transformative for you in terms of your own, physical mental exploration because i know your products both some have very you know small doses of thc in them and some of them are thc free and they're cbd but i'm curious yeah like if you could maybe walk us through why it became such an important passion for you because i really i love when people go through things and then it becomes you know we become the teacher we needed and and we yeah, I love that it's your mission. So yeah, sure. Please share yeah. that, that part with us.
1: Yeah. So if I could think back to in college when I did use cannabis, and of course I said there were so many other things going on at the time, right? But when I could look back to those times and recognize when I would use cannabis, I would typically be out hiking, feeling extremely connected to nature. I would be in my house listening to music drawing creative expression i would be thinking about problems from a different perspective and i could look back on that as i was removed year, years removed from it and recognize oh, like maybe that wasn't like a bad piece of life back then and i had spent several years sober um and being in Colorado as marijuana was legalized and then moving to California and San Diego, where it was also legalized. I had been curious about it again because I, I looked and I was like, okay, yeah, I remember like that used to be like my creative self and I would use it and I would be feel connected to nature and I would feel like, so like maybe it isn't like bad because I, I like kind of packaged everything that was substance and, and, in my life at the time in college, when I almost killed myself, like it was all lumped into bad everything that was bad, but it was actually like, I had to do a lot of work on myself. So I had to like recognize that. And in California, I had gone to a dispensary and I saw, I saw CBD um, products popping up and I said, you know, what, like I've, I've seen these been popping up. And um, at the time I had still been using off and on uh, anti-anxiety medication and, I was like, you know, I'm just going to like try some, try some CBD. And I started using it. And I noticed that it really helped just calming my mind. I had been practicing meditation over the years and I'd been like, you know, trying to do all the personal development things. I recognized that CBD had an effect similar to me feeling like I sat down and meditated for like 10 minutes. I was like, Oh, like I feel more present. I feel more Uh clear. I feel like, I feel like yeah I think the best way to say is clear and a lot of times a lot of us I'll speak for myself though can't fall asleep because our minds just racing uh entrepreneurs mm-hmm. we all sit here and go uh-huh 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 like you know we're building the business in our bed <laughs> but like a lot of people struggle <laughs> with that right like our mind is racing when we go to bed and I noticed that I could I could calm my mind down and allow myself to become more present and then in turn fall asleep. And as somebody who was really, you know, pushing his body through a bodybuilding career, sleep and recovery is so important. Like if we're not sleeping, sleep is the literal foundation of our health. Like if you're not standing on a solid block or foundation of sleep, you're kind of like, you know, standing on, uh, like a scaffolding, like with a leg missing. That's kind of how I say it. So I recognize that my sleep, I like recognize that, you know, it's like if you don't sleep well, you're probably not going to eat well. You're probably not going to work out and you're probably not going to treat people properly. So like sleep, like we don't even have to get into the science. Like I think we can all recognize that. Right. I noticed that it really (laughs) like you're not going to make right choices and you're probably not going to treat people. Right. If you're not sleeping. Um, But I noticed for me that it really was helping me sleep and recover and calm my mind. I was like, there's something like really here. But I went into the dispensary and got this, right? And so like, there's this connotation of dispensary, like, okay, you go in and Mm. that's where the stoners go, right? And like, you're like, you know, propagandists from the 1930s, since reefer madness was released, there's been hardcore propaganda shoved down everybody's throats for 70, 80 years about who a cannabis user is. It's it's the lazy person on the couch that eats chips. And I said, well, I've recognized that when I used it in college, I actually became more creative and I felt more connected to nature. And I I love to go hiking and be with friends and and use cannabis. And I'm talking about THC specifically here. But in later years I recognized another cannabinoid CBD which comes from the same genus. It comes from the cannabis plant was helping me calm my mind and, and helping me sleep and really helping my overall life. And I said, you know, there just this like cannabis needs a rebranding, more or less, is what I recognize. Like, we need to rebrand this because I think there's just the wrong story going around. Cannabis, specifically THC and marijuana, but CBD is another cannabinoid that comes from the cannabis plant. And so, as I started to use just CBD, then I started expanding back into utilizing THC and other cannabinoids and recognizing that it wasn't like it wasn't the problem back when I almost killed myself. I was the problem. And the mm. difference of who I am and who I show up as now and the intention behind the use, as you were mentioning earlier with psychedelics, is is what matters. It's all the intention. And the effects can be different for everybody in, in different dosages of THC or CBD. So a lot of education is required around this. But I asked, I had run a podcast at the time called Higher Health and everybody's like higher health. Like, is that like, you're like people getting high. And I was like, no, like <laughs> I'm on this pursuit of like finding the higher frequency of health. Like I went from bodybuilding to, I want to figure out what true health really is. And so higher health, I was interviewing people and we would get off the podcast and they would go, you know, like I see you posting about CBD a lot and cannabis. And like, I actually use it, but like, I don't tell anybody. And so I just, that was like, that was literally everything that was coming together when, I finally put in that letter of resignation. And so since that day, it's been, how do we package and educate these components, these ingredients that are coming from the cannabis plant and and other ingredients that we use in our products that we can talk about, but how do we package these in a way that can allow people to understand that this is just a different, more holistic and natural way to optimize your daily life and You can walk into the supplement section at a store or a vitamin section at a store and like it's just it's kind of weird for some people. And so I want to make it like we want to make it sexy. We want to make supplements sexy. We want to have sexy ingredients and we're rebranding cannabis and we're truly, truly trying to change people's perspective on something that I believe and know to my core has helped me a lot and has helped a lot of other people. So it was it was who I was in a different place in life. That allowed me to recognize the powers of it, to use it very intentionally. And that's why we're, you know, what we're doing. That's why we're doing what we do as a company cured. And and the mission we're on is to, to change the narrative.
0: I mean, I have really enjoyed the products. I'm really loving the nightcaps. I, I mean, I find I sleep well, generally, uh, what you were saying about is we're building our business while we're in going to bed. Mm-hmm. I definitely relate to that. So sometimes it's hard to turn the brain off. Um, but I have found that I sleep really deep when I take the nightcaps. Like I, I feel very restored in the morning. Um, I'm also one thing that really drew me to it is it's not, you know, like I find if I take a higher dose of THC, I get actually more anxious that's why mm-hmm. I stopped taking uh, you know anything above a five milligram from an edible perspective, um, but in the combination, I remember I hurt my back when I was in Tofino. I hurt my back surfing, and I had tried like Robaxa and all these different things. And when I got a combination of a very low THC and it had a it was like one to a hundred THC to CBD. Oh my god, it, I it was way better than. Robaxos that didn't touch my experience that I was like, Oh my God, I'm in such a, a better place. Like it was, it really made such a difference. And that's when I, when I take like a very, I don't take THC very often, but if it is, it's very low dose in combination with CBD. And what I really was drawn to in your products is the inclusion of adaptogens. And so that also, and mushrooms, you know, I'm like curious where, those came in too. Yeah.
1: I'm going to, this, this story, I like thought about telling this earlier and I'm going to tell it now because it just really, it's so, it's so pertinent. Um, you were talking about the breadcrumb, the tr- the trail of breadcrumbs that lead us back to ourself to allow us to remember who we truly are. As I removed myself, you know, six, seven years from, from school and my abuse of drugs I did at the same time as starting to explore cannabis again I did explore psilocybin a lot as well and there was this one trip and I'll I'll explain this the correct way because I hope people don't take it wrong I, I went on this one journey and really was just asking myself like why why do we struggle so much in life to, th- and think that there's something that we need to become or need to be, or like the person that we need to become to like, be okay in this world. And this this message that I just kept hearing was, if we could just remember who we are, we would be cured. If we could just remember mm-hmm. who we are, we would be cured. And my our company's name is cured nutrition and a lot of that came from cannabis and herbs and adaptogens in the process to utilize them they go through a curing process like you dry them and that's curing the cannabis or curing an herb. It's I'm sure everybody's heard of that term before but I was on this psilocybin journey as I was doing a lot of inner work and I recognized like That's true. Like if we could just remember who we were, I think a lot of our problems and I'll just say it in a different way. If we could just remember who we were, a lot of our problems would start to go away. Like who we are in our innocence, in our true essence, in our core. And I say that all because that experience was so powerful. And my experience with psilocybin over the course of the years continues to be so powerful when it's used very intentionally that we include functional mushrooms. We include functional mushrooms in our product because similar to how CBD is one cannabinoid out of a hundred cannabinoids in the cannabis plant, THC being one of those hundred cannabinoids, functional mushrooms are this small component of the overall world of mushrooms. There's culinary mushrooms that we cook with cook with. There's functional mushrooms that a lot of people would hear when we talk about lion's mane or cordyceps or medicinal mushrooms, that's a functional mushroom. And then there's psychedelic mushrooms. And all of this really comes together to say nature is extremely powerful and adaptogenic herbs like gotu-cola and rhodiola and ashwagandha, they're all parts of more or less traditional Chinese medicine. And I recognize that they all are so powerful. And then when used together in combination with each other, they become even more powerful. Many people will talk about the, a a full spectrum product when they talk about a cannabis product, which means that the product contains all the cannabinoids of the cannabis plant, all in different amounts, low dose THC, higher CBD, CBN, whatever it may be, we can talk about those and terpenes and flavonoids. That's the full spectrum extract. And that creates what people call is the entourage effect. And that comes from whole plant medicine and cannabinoids work with adaptogens similar to how they work with functional mushrooms. And so I knew that being a CBD company is very narrow-minded. Like that's, that's, Mm -hmm in the term in the words of Jim Collins, who wrote the book, "Good to Great," and talks about businesses like becoming so becoming something that lasts the test of time, you want to be a clock builder and not a time teller A time teller is somebody that tells the time in the moment. A clock builder is somebody that builds the clock that tells the time for the remainder of time I think c b d is very narrow minded and is is time-telling. What we're trying to do with Cured is be clock builders and truly introduce people and remind people of the power of all of nature. And that's why we use adaptogens and cannabinoids and functional mushrooms. And we actually have an in-house clinical herbalist that's done all the formulations for us. So she would be somebody that, you know, would sit down and work with patients on an individual basis and say, okay, well, you're working, you know, you're trying to improve this or you're struggling with this. And we would use these adaptogens and we would use these cannabinoids or we use these functional mushrooms. And we actually approached her in the, in the very first couple of years of, of cured and said, we want to create the future of supplements. And I believe that we can create the future of supplements by using all of these different ingredients and all of these different components. So as you mentioned, and and even in the drink that you were drinking, there are functional mushrooms in that, there are cannabinoids in that, and there's different types of adaptogens. And so I believe that the future of supplements looks different than the past and even the current, like you don't walk, you're not going to walk through stores in the future and see all these like Weird looking pills and vitamins that everybody doesn't really know what to do with them. Like, we truly want to make it sexy and build a future that is more or less rooted in a long history of traditional Chinese medicine and and the power of herbs and functional mushrooms. But I think we lost it. And so, you know, people say, like, get back to nature. Well, we're not all going to go live in the woods but i think we're all going to start to like use nature in a different way and so that's that's why we include all those other ingredients in our products
0: yeah interesting to think about coming back to reintegrating with what is already here on the planet like yeah. i that's just so simple to think about and to come back to what we were talking about before that when we're using things as a way of escaping as opposed to a way of expanding i think those are two completely different intentions and you know my experience of using alcohol previously and um, which i I found it was very easy for thc to become my new alcohol i was i felt like i was just playing whack-a-mole with the inability to sit with myself you know and now being able to explore these types of things from a space of what i at least experience currently as wholeness And knowing that I'm always adding more parts uh, and (laughs) the journey isn't done, but that I get to play with these things from a space of expansiveness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think of some of the data on low dose psychedelics, like microdosing, and how that produces better problem solving and more interconnectivity between the different parts of our brains. And I just think about what's possible. And, and I love that this is your, uh, this is your mission. So I'm, I'm really grateful that the world, uh, that from the edge of the bridge to, you know, to this is, uh, I'm really grateful you didn't jump so you could Thank tell you the story. Brother. And yeah, I, I didn't know all that. of that part of the story. And I, I'm, um, I think for everybody, it's just such a, uh, I think we're all just trying to figure out, you know, as you said, like to remember ourselves, to take that journey home. And I think when we pick up the tips and tricks from people who've done it, it maybe makes that path a little quicker, you know. Yeah. Like, um, like you just handed us all of a card that says permission, you know. And I think that's a beautiful. Yeah, and like
1: we, I have to give it to myself every day.
0: Like that's why
1: it still sits <laughs> right? on my desk. It's like that never-ending journey, and just like you said, you're continuing to add to it. And I appreciate you just speaking to THC in the way that you did, because I think it's important. I think it's important for us to just be open-minded about it. Many of our products that are full spectrum products have microdose THC in it. So similar to the world of psilocybin and microdosing other psychedelics, You can, if you've had a negative experience with THC, I completely understand. And I completely understand escaping utilizing THC. And I completely understand why there can be negative connotations around THC. You Mm -hmm. can be couch locked with a bag or an empty bag of potato chips, rather. Like that can happen, right? But I think that it's all context and also low dose THC, which is existent in many of our products needs to be given at least some airtime for people to truly understand that that's part of c- cannabis as a whole. And that's it's in there for a very intentional reason. And nature is so intentional in everything it does. So it really is, yeah, we just have to recognize that use case really matters. And, and if you have had a negative experience with THC, I highly recommend um, if you're interested, of course, utilizing like a microdose and i mean below a milligram of thc similar to use what you said you used mark was and you said 100 to one most of our full spectrum products are like 30 to one um and we and we sell those nationwide it's completely legal um and, because it's you know, we, sub
0: uh, is it not psychoactive at that point
1: yeah so like the the law is it has to be less than 0.3 thc by weight and it has to be derived from the hemp plant. So so if you, like, if you said, if there was like a tree, cannabis is at yeah. the top, hemp and marijuana are below it. Hemp has less than 0.3% THC. Marijuana has greater than 0.3% THC. And then there's all these other cannabinoids in the plant. And so like the line between hemp and cannabis has, or hemp and marijuana rather has become very blurred over the last yeah. several years because breeders in the hemp world can express high CBD, high CBN, high CBC, all these other cannabinoids. And the only difference between hemp and marijuana is the fact that the THC concentration is above 0.3% by dry weight. So like in a capsule, if you were to measure the capsule and measure by weight, how much THC is in that capsule, it's still below the 0.3% THC legal limit but we've been able to formulate our products and we do formulate our products very intentionally to push that thc as high as we possibly can because it truly works in a lot of the effects like you said um you know some people will you know like if they have a headache or they have other pains that they'll take a full spectrum product and rather than getting high they'll just notice that the whatever it was has actually gone away and you're like, oh, like, that's kind of weird. That's like, what I noticed I took some, with the low dose. It's, it's weird, but like, that's what happens. Yeah. And, and that's actually the THC. CBD works really. CBD is very power, powerful, but the combination of the two is where the magic is.
0: Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. I've noticed that there is a, where I, with a high dose, dose THC, I experience anxiety or like more anxiety with that Mm -hmm. cbd thc combo i actually experienced less so it's like this interesting um uh, combination so i appreciate you explaining that and for everybody listening where can they find out more about you your products about you know all the things that you've been sharing and thanks again for yeah coming on and sharing your journey i really appreciate it
1: yeah thank you brother really appreciate the time with you and just the connection it's it's it really means a lot um myself you can find me on instagram joseph Sheehy. so full name uh, i would keep kept saying joe but joseph the proper name j-o-s-e-p-h-s-h-e-e-h-e-y and then you can find cured the company on Instagram as well, but you have to type out the whole name because uh, we are a shadow band. Big tech does not like us. So you have to type out cured nutrition, C-U-R-E-D nutrition, and you'll find us. We have several other pages on Instagram. One's like specific to the drinks that you were drinking, Mark, and um, one specific to like all of our partners, but cured nutrition is our actual main Instagram. And Cure Nutrition is our website where you can find all of our products and we ship them all across the nation. And we're just very honored to be able to be here and and share the story and, and truly just try and help as many people as we possibly can.
0: Beautiful, man. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it.